We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> uh, just just another great day. Uh, Bengals win. What is not to love about this uh, statement win, it feels like, because it felt like early on, oh, man, the first, like, three drives, I was like, oh, this feels like Bengals-Browns. Like, why is this happening again? Why can't this team just beat the team they're better than? And um, to me, in I don't think the next drive was killer, but it almost felt like the turning point was the Browns were in fourth and one. Jacoby Brissett came in. And in my mind, I'm just like, well, I'll convert this because it's Bengals-Browns. And they run a play-action pass. It. Oh, this is a touchdown. Throws it. It's Donovan Peoples-Jones, of course, who goes over 100 yards. Like I said, this guy just gets up for Bengals games. And uh, he didn't come down with it. The ball was a little overthrown. And I was just uh, immediately went, oh, that, that feels different. Like, that was a missed opportunity. In, uh, but when these two teams play, it feels like the Browns don't miss very many opportunities they missed a lot today but that was the first one that made me go oh hold on like this game might not go the same way yeah no I agree with you just the way it started you get Mike Hilton down you get TB down T Higgins is on the sideline you're like what is happening it was wild just kind of the bad vibes I started to feel in the game it did feel like the game was like 1400 hours um but it it almost felt like in the penalties second, yeah the penalties the I 1400 hours is because Clock stops every time they throw a flag. Oh, my God. There was, like, 20-plus. I'm looking that up real quick. But, yeah, keep talking. Well, that's why I have a problem with it. Stop making it about the – I don't want an official show. Let me watch the game. Either call it both ways or don't call them at all and stop calling it every single play. And and somebody actually brought up a good point. They're like, look, you could probably find a flag on almost every play, but you don't have to call all of them. And it felt like this staff was um, – they were just a little flag happy. Uh, but, but when you got to the second half, I honestly felt like, okay, this game is in control. And honestly, if they would have done this, if they would have been up a couple scores in that Monday night football game, I feel like they could have controlled the game and it went different. But we will back it up because they've been on a little bit of a win streak since that game. They have five wins in a row, obviously the most in the Zach Taylor era. There was four last week, so we already hit that mark. And this is huge. Um, there's actually a lot to talk about offensively, but I have promised to give the defense their credit, and I feel like we can dedicate plenty of time to the offense later in this podcast. DJ Reader, I'm starting with him yeah. right now. DJ Reader, we talked about it before his injury in the Jets game. This guy's playing at an all-pro level. He did have mm -hmm. to miss some time. He comes back a little rusty, obviously <laughs> coming back from injury in that first game back. But then you look at him today, Nick Chubb was nowhere to be found. You might want to put a missing person report up because DJ Reader was there, and that guy is a game changer. It's funny that DJ Reader has played – in Bengals Browns games before where Nick Chubb does well. So I don't want to just give him full credit, but yeah, like that felt like the, because the, the Bengals defense wasn't terrible against Nick Chubb in their first matchup. I know that 
the game went terrible. Demons actually played pretty well. They only gave up, what, eight points or something like that right before halftime. And then they gave up a last-second field goal to go down like 10 or so. I, I don't remember the exact score. But they played pretty well. It was just the, the offense was so bad that eventually they got tired. And uh, they had the Ouzier injury, and uh, Apple didn't play. So that, that became the whole thing. But, um, yeah, so he, he was under four yards per carry in that game. But today, 14 carries for 34 yards. I mean, that's one of his worst performances on the season, I think. 2.4 yards per carry. And that's with a long of 13 on that early, early play that we were talking about how the game felt similar to how it used to in Bengals-Browns. 13-yard carry on, like, second and long, I, I believe. And just since then, nothing. I mean... You take away the 13-yard carry, he was 13 for 21. That is a blistering 1.6 yards per carry. So other than the one run, under two yards, about one and a half yards per carry. I mean, this is all just efficiency. He didn't have the volume either. This is funny because I feel like Browns fans are always screaming, like, run him more, you know, mm -hmm. and – this is one of the few times I guess no. The Bengals defense just showed up to play. Can you guess what Nick Chubb's lowest yards per carry is before this week? Okay, there's one. Buffalo, 1.36. But other than that, what is the lowest? I don't know, dude. You're going to have to okay, tell me. Okay, okay, okay. Shouldn't have had you guess. I should have just mentioned it. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, but I want to know. 4.3. Okay. He has one game that is under two yards per carry against Buffalo. He has this game where he's under three yards per carry. And then 4.3 is the next lowest. Like, this guy's a machine. He's, yes. he's probably the best running back in the NFL. Him, Taylor, Henry, whoever you want. Um, I'd probably go him. Maybe that's just when I watch him against the Bengals. But, yeah, this guy's incredible. And the Bengals defense deserves their credit because that's hard to do. And DJ Reader was dominant, and it was obvious. I, I the The – Love when the announcers finally put a spotlight on him, and they did again today. But, yeah, he was destroying that uh, center. He was the backup center, destroying him. He was beating Betonio and Teller when they got matched up as well, but the Bengals like to put him head up over the center, and that guy just had a very rough day at the office. Yeah, I mean, you're going against a pretty good offensive line in the league, and for them to stop, I agree with you. I would say the best running back in the NFL, someone who they've struggled with, a lot of teams have struggled with in the past. So credit to DJ Reader, and I have to give credit where it's due right now. Cam Taylor Britt, one of my biggest fears and what felt like a double loss the night that they lost to the Browns the first go around on Halloween was losing Cheeto because Cheeto is one of their best defensive players, and I thought – I don't know if this team can sustain that in the back half of the season. And I'm not even thinking about what the playoffs would look like without Cheeto, but I'm I'm concerned about the secondary. And for this guy to come up, who he's getting better. Honestly, it feels like every game he plays better. He makes plays. I feel like he had one of his best games today, uh, but was just I, – I, I hate use – I'm not going to use the word elite because I think that's that word is <laughs> it's strong – but he, he was strong in the secondary. And just credit where it's due with Cam Taylor Britt. He has me believing in what this team could do in the second half of the season and maybe in January in the playoffs when I think of his play on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, man. This is his best game of the year, I think. Um, when you consider 
he was getting tested. He played well. I thought he missed some tackles, but he's such a willing tackler that I don't care that much. Like the the play to Cooper is the big one to me, where Cooper gets that catch, really tight coverage, but he's able to get the catch, and then you hope that Taylor Britt could just bring him down right after, but he lets him go from an arm tackle. But whatever. I mean, like, yeah, he's not playing perfect, elite, uh, but he's playing really well. And I thought he was the uh, – I, I tweeted it. He was the uh, hammer that put the final nail in the coffin. They went at him on their last, like, life support drive there. They got to the goal line, down a couple scores, and it was a slant to Amari Cooper. But he's right in his hip. It forces a high throw that Cooper can't bring down. Yeah, there's a way that that pass gets completed, and it's not perfect coverage, but it's very good coverage because you're forcing the hardest pass and the hardest catch, and they couldn't complete it. And then last play, Donovan Peoples-Jones, one-on-one, the Bengals guy they can't figure out, goal line fade, nothing. Just perfect coverage. And there was also on that drive, the play to Cooper down the left sideline that was deep down the field, I believe it was this drive, uh, that he breaks up as well. I mean, this wasn't a game where he just played well because he didn't get tested. This is a game he got tested fairly often in important moments, and he stepped up. So this was his best game. This was awesome from him. Uh, love to see him perform this way. Did you know, to segue to somebody else, Logan Wilson had 17 tackles today. How did you read my mind? He was my next one I was going to bring up. And I said, I was going to say 17 tackles, Logan Wilson. (laughs) Unbelievable performance because we've been talking so much about Jermaine Pratt in these last couple games. I'm like, Logan Wilson (laughs) comes up with 17 (laughs) tackles. What a game for Logan Wilson. Yeah. I can't think of too many linebacker duos that you would rather have in the league. Like the Bills guys are good. Uh, the 49ers with Fred Warner, obviously going to be up there. And the Bucks guys, whatever you think of them, maybe good, maybe bad. I don't know. Devin White is uh, Schrodinger's linebacker <laughs> on any play. Great player, bad player, who knows. But these guys are right up there. Like top five linebacker duo in the league, I, I think. I, I know they both have some warts. I think they're rounding out their game to the positive ends and trying to dull those a little bit. But, uh, man, I, I thought the, the – Logan Wilson played very well today. And anytime you come up with 17 tackles, you're probably going to be sore, but that's a good day in the office, right? That's that's a, that's a coming away as a linebacker, 17 tackles, you're in your neck roll, you know? And, and in this game, the Bengals, they get banged up a little bit. I'll get to the offensive injuries in our next segment, but we'll stay with Trey Hendrickson right now. Um, NFL Network reported after the game, obviously they are um, well-known media insiders and they know what's going on in the Bengals locker room and said that looks like Trey Hendrickson's going to be out for a couple weeks. It looks like a broken hand right now. I know some players can kind of play through that um, depending on like the pain tolerance and what that looks like. But for me personally, I think you got to look at the long run and the outlook for the half the the rest of the games this season and, and be smart about Trey because you need him out there. More than likely it's going to be Joseph Asai who's going to be stepping in for him. Um, but what do you think about that transition on it's not easy to replace a guy like Trey Hendrickson. Um, my first thought is, yeah, that's that's one. Of, Jake Lisko, friend of the show, hopefully, <laughs> uh, tweeted out basically like the Bengals on defense that you, or in general, really, some of them the ones that you would most 
not want to get hurt. The most important players, Chidobe Wuzier, Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, especially on defense, you have those three. And then Jamar Chase. And, yeah, you could probably throw T. Higgins on there. He, ha- he hasn't really missed games, like, as in missed the entire game. But twice he's come in and been like, I can't go. And then one other time he got knocked out of the game. So all those guys, they've missed time. And the Bengals will just kind of keep rolling on. They're 9-4. and four. <laughs> They've had the bad injury luck, and they just keep rolling. So this is another moment they need to do that. Joseph Osai, um, really fun player. And we're going to see if he can generate any pressure over the next couple weeks. He faces Donovan Smith this week, which is a fairly solid baseline left tackle. And then Trent Brown, who's very up and down the week after. And then we'll see if he goes against Deion Dawkins with the Bills. But it's not a murderer's row, but it's three solid guys, I think. Um, Trent Brown in any moment can be really good, but he just he could also be really bad. That could be a Joseph Osai breakout game uh, if it's one of those. So the guy who really needs to step up is the guy who stepped up today, Sam Hubbard, who came over with three quarterback hits. Uh, he played really well. He got so close on another tight end screen, and uh, I want him to just swat that ball down, and then also got the sack, obviously. So he had a good game against Jack Conklin, who's been on the decline. Uh, he's not the best right tackle anymore, but still fine. I don't know. He's not a terrible player, and uh, Sam Hubbard got got the better of him. Sam has had a lot of underrated moments, I feel like, this season. And honestly, you can take it all the way back to the AFC Championship game when he almost got the ball after swiping it away from Patrick Mahomes um, at the end of regulation last year. So, yeah, I, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. Um, and honestly, you could say the same about a lot of the defensive players and stars out there. Also want to give a shout out to Jesse Bates. I'm glad he's doing better. Um, he had that interception. I know, um, obviously earlier in the week, he, he was on the injury report and, you know, we saw him kind of fall down a little bit in that chiefs game. So good to see Jesse, uh, rebounding just fine. But, uh, I thought he had a pretty, pretty nice little pick off, uh, Deshaun Watson too. That was really nice. Watson was late and he doesn't have a strong arm, so you can't do that. But, uh, yeah, he, I don't know what happened, but he just comes flying down from center field to make that interception. It's, it's one of those interceptions that makes you just like, that's, that's why he should get paid. Um, if it's not by Cincinnati, fine. It won't be. So whoever pays him, that's why he should get paid. You look at that play and then a lot of, you know, 2020, and uh, the 2021 playoff run. But, yeah, I, I thought the funniest thing was to go through Joe Goodberry's mentions when he said Bates gave up the touchdown to Njoku and uh, everybody's saying he's trash. And then, like, five minutes later, he gets the interception. And it's like there's no replies because Bengals fans just feed off the negativity with that guy. But it's cool. He's doing a great job. Uh, he's doing a fine job. I don't, I don't want to say he's doing great. You know, it's, it's a little up and down this year. But he's a better player than most fans think he is. He's still good. And the Bengals have a, a nice safety duo. Like, when I think of the Bengals' defense, it's the spine of the defense that's so good. And we always talk about DJ Reader, the linebacker duo, and the safety duo. Like, that's that. those are their stars. And then they've got Trey Hendrickson and Chobe Uzie out there. Sam Hubbard's leveled up. He leveled up in the playoffs, and he just never came back down. Wasn't variance. He's just like, I'm a better player now. So, you got all that. I, I don't know. They the spine of this defense is awesome and it lets them do all this 
different stuff and perform at such a high level. And uh, Jesse Bates is part of that. I want to give him a shout out because he deserves it. I feel like anytime he has a bad moment of any part of any game, he's going to hear about it. So he should hear about when he actually has a good moment too. I hope Jesse Bates gets paid this off season and it's not going to be in Cincinnati, but I hope he gets paid and that will, and, and I hope the reason he gets paid is he shows off what he can do the rest of December and January and maybe in February. I'm not getting my hopes up, but I hope he, he makes those plays like we saw last year in January with Jesse Bates. So I'm all about it. He's under contract here for this time being with the franchise tag. I want him to just have himself um, a rest of his season in Cincinnati of what he's able to do here and show off for other teams, put it on the highlight reel. So credit to Jesse Bates, credit to this defense. And Lou, we continue to trust. And I'm so glad we got a hit on that in the first segment. But playing on the offensive side of the ball and a look ahead to the AFC North next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. (laughs) 